0: Welcome to this week's episode of Beyond the Box with your host and CEO of Babbelbox, Sherry Langberg. Sherry interviews the world's biggest brands, agencies, and influencers to uncover their influencer marketing secrets to success. Go behind the scenes and learn how you can make influencer marketing part of your social media playbook. Subscribe to Beyond the Box at podcast.babbelbox.com. Listen to all of your favorite episodes and follow us on Instagram for more influencer marketing inspiration. Welcome to the show, Dr. Zabina.
1: Thank you. I'm so happy to be here.
0: We are so happy to have you here and, you know, just learning about InKids and the timeliness of your company's launch is incredible. So we'd love to learn more. Tell us a little bit more about your mission and, you know, all about in kids
1: so in kids is a kids product cultural subscription box company we are mission driven and our mission is to teach children about one country one culture and one tradition at a time more than that it is to celebrate our differences instead of stigmatizing them so we know that all our children see each other before the age of six years old as just kids Nobody looks at differences. Nobody looks at the color of their eyes or their nose or, or their the skin tone. And I want to start teaching children and their parents that we are more similar than we are different. And our differences make us unique, but do not separate us. Mm-hmm. And that is the ultimate mission of InKids. Through our kids' products, through our toys, through our culture boxes, we want to give families tools so they can talk about differences and similarities. That's really the important thing is that we are similar. Yeah, we are. And and here's one way that you and I are
0: both similar from my understanding is that, you know, our parents are both immigrants. Yeah. So I'm, I'm first generation, which definitely comes <laughs> with a lot of baggage. So tell me about your childhood um, <sighs> and how that contributed to the creation of your company.
1: Oh, wow. It's so funny because i just recently have been writing a little story about not only the way I grew up but also like how I named my children or how my mom named me and it really comes back to my mom is an immigrant and so is my father my father came here for college he went to Cal Poly San Luis Obispo and then he graduated he was a mechanical and architectural engineer and then he went back and married my mom who came back here and did her master's in education and special education and she did it at Cal State Long Beach We were born in the city of Cerritos. Well, I was technically born in Santa Monica, but I was raised in the city of Cerritos. So I'm a Southern California born and raised OG girl. That's what I call myself. There's not many of us left here. (laughs) And um, I'm of South Asian descent. So I'm Indian. I was raised in a sea home. So Sikhism is the religion of Guru Nanak Deji, where we have 10 gurus and we believe in, we are the warriors, we are the fighters. We believe in five things, which is our hair, which is kesh, kara, kirpan. And we believe in these items as we, our culture and our religion are very different from Hinduism and Islam and all of that. We're, our identity is because of our hair. So if you see the men who wear the turbans and have long beards, those are Sikhs. Mm -hmm. And we um, represent that. Um, There's so much more about the religion I can go on, but I was raised in a Sikh household, Mm -hmm. very much Indian, very much culturally Punjabi. And my parents, my dad was very involved within our Gurdwara, which is our temple. And he was the president. And he also was one of the founding fathers of the Los Angeles Gurdwara here in Vermont. Very well-known Gurdwara um, back in the 90s and 80s. And my dad also was very well represented in the Khalsa Aid, which is now big Khalsa Aid USA, Khalsa Aid India, where he was one of the founding fathers of that as well. he worked in that kind of a group which was in the you know in in Washington DC that tried to there was all these things at that time you know I, I'm not really representative representative of it but my father was very involved within the Sikh community I was very young but my parents also didn't say oh you have to be Indian and you have to be Sikh and you can't talk to these people I went to Catholic school I went mm-hmm. to an all-girls Catholic wow. school so my dad still opened up those doors for us he mm-hmm. said I want you guys to live the life. Why did I come to this country is not to yeah, keep India here. I want to give you that culture and that education and go to Gurdwara and you know learn the language. And I mean, I learned to read it a long time ago, but I've forgotten, but I could speak it very well. Right. <laughs> and so my parents said, this is one part of our life. And then this is the other part of our life. We were very family based. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of cousins who lived with me, who my parents brought from India, who established mm-hmm. their lives here too now and, you know, my aunts and uncles, and we always saw family around us, whether it was family or family friends. So I saw a lot of that. So when, you know, I hear my friends talk about, well, I was so Indian and, you know, I tried to, to stay away from it. Yeah, I did that too. Cause I was so bullied, not only for my hair, but for my skin tone, for the food I brought, the clothes I wore. But whenever I went home, mm-hmm. I felt like I was at home. Yeah. So one of the things my mom did that really has established me to create in kids was as I started getting made fun of, and then my brothers, because they had long hair and they wore their turbans, which we call patkas, and for younger boys, they wear it in in a cloth instead of like a big turban. My brothers used to get used to get made fun of, not only even get made fun of, get beat up mm. for having the long hair and for, you know, having our religious beliefs. One time I remember which has really hit home recently, there was an attack in the UK where a young Sikh boy was attacked. And this was like a week or two ago, which has really hit us, me and my brother at home really hard. Because when my brother was 10 years old, the same thing happened to Caucasian boys. He was waiting for soccer practice to start. My mom dropped him off at the local park, like we always did. Mm -hmm. And they literally attacked him and pulled his hair out. If one of the park people didn't come to try to stop it, they would have tried to cut his hair. And these were boys that my brother knew, same as a boy who got attacked in, in the UK. So this, this, this thing that my mom saw us grow up with, and now I'm seeing again, my mom did the amazing thing of going to our school. And she didn't go to our principal or our teachers and say, look, this is happening to my kids. Let's, you know, what happens normally? And, and kids are scared to tell their parents because they're like, oh no, we're going to get bullied more, you know, or, or people are going to make fun of us more. My mom went in. She went into our teacher, and I was in first or second grade, and said, "I want to have a open conversation with all your students about our religion, about our culture, and about our traditions." And she did something amazing. She compared it to theirs. Mm-hmm. She took what a little Jewish boy or a little Korean girl or what a, another African American boy would do in his home that we do in ours, mm-hmm. and took that we are not so different. We're actually really similar. Mm -hmm. Hispanic people eat food that are rice and beans. We eat dal and java, which is rice and beans, (laughs) you know, and, and, and she took those things and compared it. So my mother is an educator. She's, you know, she's a teacher. She's been a teacher since I can remember, (laughs) you know, she was a high school teacher. Then she went into elementary and then she became a special education. So she knew how to connect with children. Mm-hmm. and the teachers and the principal and everybody were so impressed that my mom did this every year for about two, three years, and then we started seeing other parents do it. Then we started seeing other parents come in and teach their classrooms about the Korean culture, about the Chinese culture, about the African-American culture, and this went beyond that. This turned by the time I was in sixth grade into like an international month. We We saw kids, right. We saw kids dancing, but this was my first experience to saying, wow, we can change people's Mm minds." And this came from my mom and then me going into medicine and understanding the psychiatry of a child, the, you know, milestones of children and saying, I have now had my own children. And then I started seeing the same thing happen. My kids weren't getting bullied, but I was seeing the world in the same place. So we we've now, I felt like we went backwards again. Yeah. The world we were living in, there was so much hatred, so much prejudice, so much. And I'm like, what are we doing? What are we giving the next generation? Where's where's our kindness? Where's our empathy? Where's how do we grow to be better individuals and show that to our children? Because guess what? In 20 years again, the same thing is going to happen. And I will I will not allow this to happen. I'm not going to leave my kids in this world. I have to feel like I did something. And wow. and that's where my dream and my vision came from, that's was where amazing. I grew up.
0: That's amazing. And so tell us about each box. Like, what goes into each box?
1: A lot of work. <laughs> 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 if you ask my husband, too much work sometimes. <laughs> um, you know, I, I got to say, when we first decided we were going to do this, and we sat down with all of... Um, the friends I have who were like kind of giving me advice and how to do this. The one thing I realized is I don't know everything about everyone's culture and tradition. Mm -hmm. So I had to start um, looking for parent ambassadors, moms and dads who were raised in that culture, who were you know, from those countries, understood the traditions. And some of them are educators. Some of them have a medical background. Some of them are just parents Mm -hmm. and that's what they are. The other part of this is I had to realize And I worked with a lot of educators, you know, preschool educators, school educators to see what do I need to put in this, not only to help the children, but it also be a learning tool for them and also for their parents, you know, because I'm pretty sure like those parents, they don't know everything about those countries as much as, you know, I probably do. And and if we're going to teach a culture or a tradition, we have to understand what we do to educate children. So I got my mom involved. I, you know, I got some friends of mine who are from my educational background and we knew that we needed certain items in there. We needed sensory items in there. We needed games in there. We needed crafts. And especially because I launched around COVID, mm-hmm. which I wasn't planning COVID to happen. I think mm-hmm. it was partly like, okay, what do we put in this? We need books in there. We need you know, flashcards in there. One of my favorite thing is that we have language flashcards, that we put 20 flashcards that are basic words that every child can learn. So from every country. And that helps you know, kids learn, okay, there's a different language out there or even a different dialect. Because mm-hmm. that, that gives a kid to say, okay, English is not the only language out there. And these cards can be used all the time. So a lot of the games, a lot of the books, a lot of the activities, can be reused consistently. You can keep them in your home. So if you wanna pull something out, um, I know one of my friends, she sent it to her niece who is five. Her nine-year-old, their nine-year-old needed to do a project on one of the countries and pulled out one of the books. So it yeah. it, it became a use for everyone. And that's really what we did. We put that in there. Um, we've noticed crafts are a big thing. So I'm starting to look into more and more crafts from the countries to learn. I'm actually looking into a lot of crafts for the holidays right now that kids do in different countries that are not the same that we do out here, yeah. and that's been really exciting because I'm in the holiday season when we're talking right now. But <laughs> uh, so I don't know when you're gonna hear this, but that you know I'm trying to look at like countries in Europe, countries in South Asia, countries in the Middle East. How, how do they celebrate the holidays? It's not Christmas. It's just the season, and what did they do to inspire their children and do crafts with them? So I, I see crafts there a lot too.
0: Mm-hmm. And so is each box specific to a culture or it's every box is multicultural?
1: So each box other than our holiday bundle box right now, but each box is specific to a country and culture. Okay. So we chose, let me say, for example, Guatemala. Guatemala is, is one of our boxes, which I really enjoyed. It was specifically around their celebration. And it's not in Guatemala, but all of Latin, a lot of the Latin countries do it. It's called Friendships Day, which we have here too. So I wanted to do something that was comparable to what kids celebrate here. But I took a lot of what their traditions are there. What do kids do there? They play street soccer, they do jump rope, but there's different names for them and there's different ways they play it. So we put things like that in the box. What is the craft that they do there that they learned since they're a child? They do a lot of the weaving of the crafts. So like I said, it is specific to a tradition also, or like a specific holiday, but then we put in stuff about their culture and then about the country as well. So we're taking a a, a piece of everything in there. Countries around the world have many, many, many traditions. I couldn't even name you half of them. So a lot of these boxes are going to get reprised again with a different tradition. Mm -hmm. And And there's there's so much culture to learn, you know, you could add more things to it. That's how we're going to do this. We're going to. Create- there's different
0: variances, even within, you know what I mean? Even within a religion, like there's this, t- you know? So.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Yep. So I could only imagine, given what we're going through this year, not COVID related social injustice at its peak, how has the response been to in kids?
1: It's been great. People love the concept and idea. We actually, you just brought up that reason about social injustice. My brother is married to a Black woman uh, who is my sister in law who I don't look at as a black woman, but, you know, as explaining it to you, she has three boys. So my nephews are half Indian, half black. Mm-hmm. And when the social injustice happened here in the United States and LA saw its first round of, you know, controversy and, and riots happening, my nephew who is the eldest is 22 years old. And I called her and I said, Monica, where is he? Oh, wow. Because my fear is they look more black than they do Indian. Okay, I don't look at them as Black and Indian. I look at them as my nephews. They're human beings to me. You know, my kids don't see them like that. But my sister in law and I started talking, and we had already launched in kids and we had already put out two boxes, which was our India Raksha Bandhan box and our Turkey box, which was our protection box. And she said to me, Z, are you doing anything for America? And I said, I don't know. I hadn't really thought of that. And she said, do you know how many American slash something culture we have here? And I'm like, you're right. We have African-Americans. We have Irish-Americans. We have Italian-Americans. We have Indian-Americans like me mm-hmm. who have co inhabited here and we've kind of crossed cultures. I don't know if there's a real American culture out there because America's a melting pot. Our diversity here is because we're a melting pot. That's what it's always been. And she said, I love, she's an educator herself. She's a school psychologist. My sister-in-law and so is my brother. And she said, I'd love to see an America box. I'd love to see a box that- It would be very big. Well, I did it. (laughs) (laughs) So immediately within like two weeks of that span of her talking to me, I got on the phone with another friend of mine, Nikita. She has this amazing multicultural blog called Growing Up With Guptas. You should definitely talk to her. She she herself is black and she's married to an Indian. And her whole platform is about mixed race children and mixed race families. And she's created this amazing company called I Am Masala. I love masala. I'm going to say the wrong name, but I will send you her link. It's amazing. And she's creating products that are for these multiracial kids who didn't know what their identities were, like yeah. my nephews. So we created the America box. She helped me with it, Nikita did. And her handle is Growing Up Gupta's. And we created this amazing box for children. Now, this box was not about what we learn in school. This was beyond that. It wasn't Martin Luther King. You know, it wasn't Rosa Parks. It was beyond that. It was ABCs of Black history. It was who was the first person surgeon. You know, our flashcards were actually not language flashcards. They were flashcards about inventors, scientists, politicians. They were like question flashcards. We had a coloring book in there. We had all of the items in there that were from companies that are Black-owned businesses but they were educational materials and they were games. You know, We put checkers in there. I actually learned the history behind checkers, which was African-American men took the game in World War II and taught it to the rest of the soldiers there. I didn't know that story behind that. I had to learn all this. And there was so much history that I didn't know that African-Americans have done in the United States. The signal light was invented by an African-American. Did you know that? I didn't know that. But these were things beyond what our school teachers teach us, who are amazing and have already enough on their plate. And that's what I say. We have to take that responsibility in our homes now. Well,
0: let's talk about the teachers, because this sounds like the perfect product to provide to teachers. Can educators leverage your platform?
1: Absolutely. I have this amazing teacher ambassador program, which I have to market so much better, and I haven't done that, but I, I will learn. And so, um, this teacher ambassador program gives teachers the option of involving themselves in our in kids program. So, what they do is they get their boxes, then, they get a discount code for all their students to get. And we can also work with the teachers, they say, so like world history teachers who wanna be like, this is our lesson plan for the next six months. We'll even curate boxes for them, for their students. This is something recently that I just came up with. And they also can go back and get any codes for subscription boxes, for one-off boxes, but the teachers will also be invested in this because I do a give back to the teachers. So the teachers, like my mom was one, I know how much they do and how much they struggle because they're buying so much for their students that they don't have the financial yeah. means to do. So what I do is with this program, they get boxes as a teacher so they can teach their children. The students' parents get discounts to buy the boxes and then whatever is like the code you get for like influencers, it's the same code like a teacher will get and then the teacher will make money off of it. Whether it's, it's, it's a financial piece or they want like target gift cards to go buy stuff for their students. So it all goes back into their classroom. And that's what we're okay. trying to do. So yes, there is an amazing teacher ambassador program. All the teachers out there, please come join. I will help you.
0: <laughs> yeah, you should we we should talk about so many different angles post this call, but there's I definitely know. so much opportunity for you. And I, I know that you launched your business two weeks before the pandemic, I had no idea what was that like, and what are some key <laughs> tactics you put into your plan to market this? Like it's a new business. What did you do? Like, how am I gonna market this new company? Right.
1: So I always say, when I launched in kids, I had a lot to learn. I am a physician. Um, I'm not practicing (laughs) right now. Um, And I we've talked earlier about this. And I say, you know, I wish in med school, they would teach you two things, marketing and business, because doctors would be so successful. (laughs) But they don't, you know, and I have, I had this idea. And I sat down with my husband, who is my backbone and my partner in crime. And he was so so supportive. Um, he calls me Idea Queen because I come up with a lot of ideas, but he just looks at me and says, Oh, that's a great idea. No, we're mm-hmm. not putting money into that. <laughs> but when I did come up with In Kids and the concept behind it, he was like, Yes. We started planning 2019, probably summer of 2019, started coming up with ideas. I mean, there was a couple ideas here and there. We came up with different things. When it really came to fruition was, you know, early 2020, we launched our social media. A little bit before that, we were building our website and we said, okay, we're gonna do this right early March. And mm-hmm. then COVID hit. Mm-hmm. And I had a lot of technical difficulties. I had some website issues. I had to relaunch my website a month after I had launched it first because there were so many technical issues. Um, we kind of crashed our website and you learned. And then I said, okay, now we're fully up. It was probably mid-April. April, May ish. And I started getting the website up. The first thing I did was that I learned was I sent a friends and family email out to everybody. You always think your friends and families are going to support you. They're going to buy, right? No, that doesn't always happen. (laughs) It doesn't always happen. And everybody supported me as much as they could. And I understood that. But we started seeing a lot of people losing jobs. The economy wasn't doing well. People didn't know where they were going to go for the next three months. And Our first box didn't do that great. We also realized we needed more than our first box. It was smaller. Our boxes now are much bigger. We understood what we needed to get. I got a lot of, like I said, people who had educational backgrounds. I got them all involved. Then I realized I was that tree that fell down in a book forest and nobody knew about me. So I had a really good friend come who had a little bit of a social media background and she started doing my social media with me because I didn't, I didn't know the ABCs of anything you know for me marketing in, in healthcare is magazines, billboards, you know other doctors telling each other and, and referring to patients and and you know you just bringing the name in you have like a department to do that for you and I started seeing okay so social media is one thing. Um, then I started realizing okay I needed to figure out who to help me to do this you know what is Facebook what is Instagram then reaching out to podcasts like yours reaching out to magazines. And then I also realized I had a different piece other than in kids. I'm an advocate for culture and diversity and inclusion. You know, I know that companies and parents all wanna hear about how do we take steps to do that? So then I started writing. I started putting things out there, you know, and showing that even though I don't have all the information I'm educating myself and I'm working with people to give the communities and the people in the United States, different ways to help their children. And then I started doing that. There's so much more, obviously, that I want to do. But those were the initial steps. You know, we had our ups and downs. We've kind of found our our flow right now, you know, our Diwali India box did really well. Um, our holiday bundle box is out right now for the holidays, which is all of our boxes put together. So that was another marketing step. I said, I said, look, we've been out. We have about five, six boxes. Let's put them all in one box.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Everybody who missed okay. this year because subscription boxes go annually or bi-monthly, let's put it all in one box and give the whole world to a kid. You know, are mm-hmm. all the countries we've had and put it in a box for them. So it was different ideas we were putting together. You know, I have a great team of friends. I, I mean, I'm one person. I have my niece who helps me with fulfillment and distribution because we do it all from home. And, you know, I have, you know, friends who are helping me with social media. I have, you know, friends who are helping me with getting the name out. But it's 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 a it's it's a small business that's just Keep
0: doing it from home until you grow big enough that you don't have to, but keep it at home as long as you can. Oh,
1: I am. I'm going to. We're actually in construction right now. We took our garage and made it into an ADU and I'm moving (laughs) out of my house into that because my kids need a school place. I'm also homeschooling my kids. Oh My My son and daughter are four. Oh, she'll be five next week. and, And my son is three, but he has a respiratory disorder since oh. he was born. So I can't send them to school. I also take um, I also take care of my in-laws who live next door and both of them are over the age of 75. So we're in the place where since March, my husband hasn't also, and he has his own business and he has his own offices. He has not returned. So he built an office out of my in-laws home oh and I'm God. building an office basically, which is in finally in construction. We were on hold because of permits and all of that, but we're hoping by the end of this year, I'll have my office so I can give my office right now in the home to my children as a schooling. So they have their space right now. Our home is like, is chaotic, but we'll we'll get there. I think everyone's home right now. (laughs) Yes, it is. Yeah. Yeah, But I'm going to stay in home. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think we'll move out till.
0: Till you have to,
1: till I have to. Yeah. There we go.
0: Yeah. My one piece of advice. Oh, I won't. Thank you. (laughs) NP I'm going to ask, and I don't know if you've gotten there, but have you at all leveraged influencers? at this point to help create awareness?
1: You know, I've been really blessed in that, yes. And and I have come to a place, um, the South Asian community is quite amazing when they want to come together and help each other out. I launched our first box, which is the India Raksha Bandhan box, and I had some amazing South Asians, you know, wanna help me out. I met my, one of my other partners in crime who I call my little sister, Jyoti Chan, who is at Mama Jyots. Um, we actually met through her doing one of my boxes and we created our own South Asian foundation as well for women. And so I got to say that way I've leveraged influencers. And now slowly, slowly, as I've been getting the name out, other influencers have been open to taking our our boxes and, you know, just showing them off. Um, I have been blessed that they've approached me as well, but I don't have anyone who's like, I think you guys call them micro and macro and like, you know, large names. (laughs) I haven't really gotten to those large, large, large names. There's a few who have been very, very helpful. Live, laugh, merch. Mm -hmm. Nisha has been an awesome, awesome help for me. Ami Desai has, and these are some South Asian ones. Recently, Tara, she, um, just a, you know, came to us and we can, we actually asked her and then she said, yes, um, we're sending her our holiday box. But I think these are all within like the South Asian world. Our community has come together. I like to step outside of it because the goal is not for only South Asians. This is for all kids. You know, I want this to be in that home in Alabama for that mom to say, yes, culture and tradition and teaching my children empathy and kindness is important. I need one of these boxes because I know they do. I've done a whole customer analysis on it, but they don't know about me, you know, and I, and I'm pretty sure there's a lot of influencers who would love their kids to see this. Yeah. So I haven't hit that please yet, but I know you're going to help me with that. (laughs) (laughs) That's my staff,
0: but we will. try. I I guess for me, you know, there's a lot of influencers are the spokespeople. They're kind of, you know, they're celebrities in their own right. Right. And Mm -hmm. when you look at them, They obviously they post about clothes and they post about, you know, food and all this fun stuff. But from your perspective, how do you think they could do a better job fostering inclusion, stopping bullying amongst our youth? I know a lot have stepped out on different fronts, but, you know, what advice would you give to influencers out there?
1: So this is a great question. This is such a great question. One is, I think, bringing diverse toys in the house. Right? Like one of our boxes, or working with diverse companies who have products that show diversity and inclusion and, you know, equality and and bringing those kinds of items into their grids and their platforms. That's amazing. You. you know, that's that's really important because without those pieces, then you're not, Showing I mean, even diversity in clothing. Do you know how many fashion designers are out there that are moms, that are stay-at-home moms, that create these amazing clothes for kids that are from South Africa, from Guatemala, from Indonesia, but that are easy to wear clothes for kids to wear every day. You know, I'm actually been ordering from them for my kids.
0: Awesome. Um,
1: there's this mom who is from China. She basically makes these clothes and they're like Chinese Western clothing. So it's like a little cute skirt with like a Chinese top. And my daughter <laughs> loves it. She's like, I need that color and that color. And I'm like, okay, hold on, kid. One, one, one at a time. Right. But but, but that's the other thing, you know, is working with brands that bring diversity into your home. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know of them, they're out there. Look yeah. on your, your, your social media grids. They're reaching out to you. They're reaching out to you and DMing you because they want to help you too. I know there are so many South Asian celebrities now who are helping South Asian communities, but I love to see other celebrities and other influencers bring those diverse toys into their home. Not the community within the community. Does that make sense? Like, like I see, you know, Korean communities helping their Korean. Yeah, I but the see other. The Kore- yeah, I want to see an African American mom work, playing with a a diverse toy from India. I want to see a Caucasian mom working and with a a Latin um come brand. You know, like there's this amazing brand out there other than in kids. is another subscription box, Ola Amigo. And they're all about Hispanic and Latin American culture and books and teaching Spanish and all that. I just sent two subscription boxes to my friend who is Caucasian for her kids for Christmas.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, yeah. and I bring it into my own home. Yeah. But these are the things I would love to see is, is is influencers and celebrities working with other diverse brands. Not the big brands. They've got the money, guys. They've got the money. It's Mm -hmm. us, these small businesses who are um, diverse brands who want to bring the name out and watch that first step right there will not only help their own homes, but will also help them show that they have a diversity background. Yeah. You know, my question always is how diverse is your kid's toys, your kid's playroom?
0: (laughs) Wow. That's great feedback. Thank you.
1: Oh, you're welcome. I'm trying to. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to preach to them, but that's what I feel. No, no, it's
0: it's true. It's true. So I'm going to ask you my last question, which I always ask. You don't have to be embarrassed to answer it, but it's name and influence you love to follow, but hate to admit that you do.
1: Mindy Khalil. I, I know she's not an influencer, but she's a celebrity. She's, um, I mean, I think she is an influencer too. I mean, aren't celebrities in their own right influencers yeah, yeah. as well? Yeah. So, and it's not that I hate to admit it. I think it's it's one that I know everybody follows, and especially you know, as South Asians, we're like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, we're gonna boost up with it. But I think I've seen such a change in her from. The, I think we may be the same age also, but from the time she started as an actress and all of that, and as she's become a mother and all of that, I I I've seen this major change in her. Initially, I was like, oh, okay. it's the same thing we all South Asians deal with, which is trying to find our own identity within this American world. You know, balancing that, are we brown, are we white? You know, that whole thing that we've had to deal with since we were children. And I think she's really personified that so well lately um, from both of her books, from raising her children, trying to find their identity. And it happens as a mom. You know, we go back into ourselves as children, go back into our cultures, go back into that. And I have been following her a lot. I'd love to send one of my boxes to her. And I've been trying to see how to do that because I think it would be great for her to show the world that there is a South Asian company. there embracing not only her own culture, but all of the other cultures out there. And she's doing that. She's doing exactly that. Not only embracing her own culture, but she's embracing all the other cultures out there to give that to her children. And that's the one woman I would actually, I'd love to just talk to her. She's met Madam Vice President which makes right. me even more proud. Okay. I know everyone's like, Oh, do you call her auntie Kamala or madam vice president? I say, she is madam vice president. I give her some, she is my auntie Kamala, but she is madam vice president right now. <laughs> right.
0: That is awesome. Well, thank you so much. And, you know, wishing you so much luck and success. And hopefully, you know, we all could use more people like you in this world. So thank you. And please stay in touch.
1: Oh, of course I will. I would love to do anything I can to help you guys out. Cause I think you guys have a great platform. And I think you guys also uplift us as brands mm-hmm. to put our name out there. Yeah. And so thank you for that.
0: Anytime we'll have, we'll speak to you soon and um, have a happy and successful holiday. You too. Thanks. Thanks for tuning in to this week's beyond the box produced by tough monkey entertainment. Beyond the Box is brought to you by BabbleBox with your host, Sherry Langberg. Visit podcast.babblebox.com for more episodes and influencer marketing secrets.